Look up there in the sky. It's a bird, a plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Spider-Man. One Spider-Man. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I am your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. So yes, I understand this. This didn't exist before. Well, I, I birthed it. Gross. <laughs> it was just like that documentary, uh, is it Junior? What was it? Junior, yeah, that that is a documentary. Okay. The one where uh, is, Arnold yeah, Schwarzenegger where a, a, gives birth to a, a child. Yes, and then he becomes the president of California. Of California. Yeah. I wish. But you, are we doing Arnold podcast now? Pro, well, I can't stop you from always talking about Predator. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> Since you're just a sexual Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> yep. Hey, Hansomites. This is not turned into a Predator podcast yet. Thank God. It could happen in the future. Who knows? Uh, we are discussing uh, Volume 1 of Midnighter later on in Nerd Boy Book Club. Uh, first seven issues. Spectacularly violent and gay superhero. Mm. Yeah, pretty accurate. Yeah. Uh, before we get into that, though, uh, comic books to talk about that came out this week, Eric. That we do. Current. Like the kids. Contemporary. Mm-hmm. Modern. Mm-hmm. In the now. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show when Eric and I will uh, read a selection of this week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. Uh, there may or may not be a mush meter involved. It goes from one to five, depending on how mushy we are. We we can get mushy. Mm-hmm. It happens. It so, does. I'm just a big blubbering mess. <laughs> Let's see. Our first book is Superman number 50. Mm-hmm. But the credits are on the final page. Written by Gene Wen Yang. Yang? How do I say that, Eric? You know the right way to say uh, that? I mean, it could be Yang or it could be Yang. I, don't, I do not know. Okay. Uh, I I think that Yang is actually kind of an English language corruption of it. Okay. But it really depends. Like, they could just say Yang. Like, I've... I, I do not know. Okay, You're, you, we'll go with the correct version, whichever one it is. Uh, mm-hmm. Artists, Howard Porter, Ardian Siaf, Patrick Zercher, with a special guest artist, John Bog- Bogdanov. Sure. Colors, Hi-Fi, Letters, Rob Lay. Um, this is an end of uh, an arc for the Supermans. Uh, there's apparently running in through multiple Superman books. I thought we'd check in, see, see where it's at. Um, it's fighting Vandal Savage. Mm-hmm. Which I, you know, I like Vandal Savage, uh, in general. Um, a lot of different artists in this one comic book, Eric. Yeah, that's the that's the mo here at DC. I don't I don't like that in this comic book specifically. Eh, I just, just sort of shrug it off. Okay. I mean, you know, it's 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 like having a puppy, and you know it's going to shit on the rug, and then it shits on the rug, and you're just like, well, I'm not surprised. But is it? Ex- do you like that puppy? No, you get a different puppy. Do you like this comic book? 
I don't like despise it like it doesn't make me want to vomit. It's a little dumb. It's a lot comic booky. I think it's a fairly good example of a good comic booky comic book, but not one that I am interested in. Like it literally ends in like a dumb hero shot of Superman, like with his chin up and chest out flying up towards the sky. As if that's a significant thing that we've never seen before. With, with there's a, a a bird with him as well. Yeah, that's his pet bird. <laughs> Is that right? That's, that's Pidgey. That's Pidge. That's Pidgeotto. Oh, he has Pokemon friends. He does. I mean, I I believe that the DC universe is secretly in the, the Pokemon world. Uh, I I think I concur with your thoughts. Mm-hmm. It has like. It, it gets Superman's voice down fairly well. It, mm-hmm. it, the story is not bad, you know, in any, you know, it, it, you know, it's a, it's very much like, hey, temptation of Superman, uh, corruption of power, et cetera, et cetera, ghost of super, ghost of Superman past, I guess, basically, mm-hmm. in certain ways. This is your future. Um, but I don't like, like, the, all the art changes. It does bother me. Um, uh, it just is, yes, it's kind of rote. Mm-hmm. I, it doesn't do anything for me. Like, it, I'm like, oh, it's a Superman story, but it, it's, you know, it could be any Superman story. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, this is, this is the Superman comic that you write if you're like, oh, I'm just going to write a Superman story and people will forget it three months from now. I want to write that story. That's what this story is. There's nothing that's ever going to be remembered about this. But I don't know. There's probably a home for this. It, it isn't it, it isn't coming home with me. Yeah, I'm a do not buy. Yeah. Double do not buy. Superman number 50. Our next comic is uh, Turncoat number one, written by Alex Packnadel. Pac- Alex Pacman. Illustrated by Art Artyom Trakhanov. Colored by Jason Wordy and lettered by Colin Bell. This is a strange comic. It 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 is. I mean, not like an intentionally weird comic. No, it's not like reading the auteur or something. Um, it is kind of hard to pin down. It's it's kind of European, I think, and it's mostly the art that makes me think that it's European because it's got. A lot of different influences. It makes me think of Pope and Raphael Grandpa and uh, Mobius to an extent, but think more of those guys. It's it's certainly not a bad story, but it's um, it's got a lot going on, and it is not really all that clear just because there's so much stuff. Are you are you a hundred percent on what's going on in this book? I mean, I think I know what's happening. I just don't. Mm-hmm necessarily know if i care that much uh um, oh really well i mean it's not it, it it it's pretty well written and it i i like the art um it's just it's concentrating on kind of stuff i don't care about mm-hmm. like the name of the story is turncoat you know the book is turncoat and it's about this female i guess officer in the they were we were basically i guess um, ha- uh, being occupied by mm-hmm. aliens, 
mm-hmm. I, which we never see an alien. We have, we don't we do not see a live alien in this comic. We see half breed. Yeah, we creatures. See, yes, exactly. Hybrid. The hybrid. Yes. Uh, but they are. She is on their side at the beginning. Um, very very beginning of this comic, and she turns uh to the resistance, and then the resistance ends up winning pretty shortly thereafter, and. For some reason, that makes everyone hate her. Uh, but th- and then, but the weird thing, like it, it like cuts to five years later, where she's like a private detective, and she's digging into like some, you know, an aristocratic, a lady who was an aristocrat basically during the occupation because she was in league with aliens, and now she's, I guess, not. But her kid's missing, and that it has the. The, the main character dig into like the underground to the underworld to try and find this, this woman's son. But then she's like, I don't, it, you're like you said, it, it, it meanders a lot. It goes to mm-hmm. like very different places. And I'm really like interested to see like a, how I'm more interested in like how society was working with these aliens as an occupation force. Mm-hmm. I'm not that interested in like the most, like that weird nun lady who's like, grew into a exoskeleton. Yeah. That was interesting. And like, that's really cool. Yes. But then she's just gone. Yeah. And it's back to like, Hey, these weirdos in the underworld. And it, it really does feel uh, like it's chasing the, the wrong rabbit down the hole here that we need to, uh, I mean, this detective bit is tired. It is so boring and it's, it's just like a it's it's so obviously just a just a reason for us to follow her around and see things yeah i, I don't know it, it's it's a plot device i don't really it, it i don't know that is really the weakest thing here there's i think there's enough that this is worth a look i mean i'm a i'm a pretty mushy buy on this probably but it it is not without its problems this uh, this art is effing on point, though. You like it? Yeah, I do. You don't? You do not? No, I like it. It's just I wasn't sure what you think about it. It, um, yeah. Well, it's I mean, it's well drawn. It's definitely well drawn. It's very moody. Um, it's got some of that. Yeah. I but I kind of wish it's actually more. I wish it was a little moodier, honestly, because like with the te- detective thing like i'm i'm expecting like you know noir and mm-hmm. mystery stuff and i don't know it- i think it's pretty successful on its own um i i really like what they're doing i like the i like the mark making i like the way the color works with it it's a really it's a really good looking book it's the kind of book that this this the art is doing more than its own share of selling this book to me yeah. the story is not doing it um I don't know. I, like, I, I'd I'm say fascinated. I'm a buy I'm, four out of five. Four out of five. That, that that's that's me. Yeah. I'm I'm like the world is interesting to me, but like her, this main, the main character is not Marta. She's not. No, interesting. they do they they do make this that mistake of um just assuming that you're going to like the main character. It's a really bad um, trap that writers are falling into nowadays because it's almost like whether it's brought on by video games or whatever you're just supposed to identify with this central character your point of view character because it's supposed to be you but it's not it's a character show and reveal character 
Yeah, and she's she, you don't identify with her. It's not fun or interesting. It doesn't. There's nothing interesting about any of the characters that they reveal. No, she's very a blank slate for the most. Mm-hmm. Like we don't see her do. Like if she's a turncoat, why? Yeah. Ta- yes, there's there's a lot of stuff that could be mined there. Like I don't know when 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 we open up on. I'd say something that this immediately makes me think of Jessica Jones. I concur. Of course. I mean, we immediately see all of these flaws that endear us to Jessica Jones, and it feels just next level different. That you immediately identify her with, you see her weaknesses, you see how she's flawed, you see how she's human. This person is just like badass cop on the edge. I don't know. Just. You don't know, but I yes I we don't we get a lot about the world of Turncoat, but not much about Marta herself. Um, not a, not a lot of the interesting parts of the world either. No, you. I, the most important interesting thing is about the fact that we had aliens, mm-hmm. literally aliens, running our world for a while. What happened? Why did? Mm-hmm. How did the like all these what's and whys? And instead, we're getting a, a detective story about some like and. If you are revealing the, the information while you're doing that, that's all well and good, but there still isn't even that much of that in here. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, 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 like, I, I, I think I'm gonna decide right, right with you by, but like a four out of five mush meter. Yep. Yep. We're, that, I think that's a nice, like, check back in, see another issue or two, but it, it's, it looks very nice and the world has potential, but need more, need more. Mm hmm. So that's a, that's a mushy double buy, 4-0 on the mush meter for Turncoat, number one. Next up is The Adventures of Archer and Armstrong, number one. Written by Rafer Roberts, pencils David LaFuente, inks Ryan Wynn, colors Brian Reber, letters Dave Lanfear. We had read a, a, a Archer and Armstrong book in, in the past. Yeah, some, some good little time ago. That was, a, that was, that was, that was the, uh, just straight Archer and Armstrong. That was, a, that was Fred Van Lente was was writing this one. This is a I think it's the continuing adventures basically of Archer and Armstrong. Um, I don't. know, It's a fun book. I don't. I it's okay. You don't like I it? I don't really. I'm not in love with it. I don't like hate it, but I don't know. I I would. I am not enjoying this book. I there's nothing in it that I hate. I'm so lost. That there's like so much banana stuff going on. I would read a trade of this before I would pick up this issue. I just like the idea of di- diving into a bag of holding. Mm-hmm. I get that. It's fun, but I was, I I got that, but the the why is is really what's confusing. This book is very. It's this is like this is kind of like jumping into the middle of. A Venture Brothers episode directed by um, uh, Guy Ritchie, <laughs> just just sort of like dropping into the middle of that, I, you know, I, like the, like getting like the the middle third of it, and you're like, what the shit's happening? What is about to happen? And then that's it. It's not a good jumping on point, but you know, the the art and story, nothing is done bad, but it does. I, I don't know. I, like I said, I would read, I would say pick up some trades of this, find some good story arcs, and start there rather than start with this book. This book is not a good place to jump in, even though it's it's not like it's bad. I just, 
it's just it's so in media's res that I can't figure out what the hell any of this is. Well, I mean, it's I think the uh, the why of why he jumped in the bag is we're not supposed to know that. I think that is the mystery. Well, fair enough, but I don't even know that I'm not supposed to know that. All I know is stuff's happening and I don't get it. Well, so he I'm just he, I just have no frame of reference on this book except the one that we read a, a little while ago. Well, I mean, he gets he, he his friend died, mm-hmm. so he wants to get the bottle of liquor that he got with his friend, and then we but we don't know why he says he's going to fix it with that bottle. Who knows? Mm. But then his then then that's it. I don't. I, that's all I know. I don't know what the alien creatures are. I like the fish guy. Macro I, man. I, I think all the characters are very interesting and, you know, it, it's it's endearing. I like how um, the big guy just looks like a... He looks just like Dante from Clerks, except, like, all fat and roided out. I like this book. I'm a buy. Eh. I would say don't buy it. Read trades of it. It, do, it does seem like it has promise. There's that, Don't start here. It's a number one. Where else are you going to start? I, I don't know. You gonna read the entirety this, of Archer and Armstrong? You gotta read something else. This is this is a hot mess to me. I don't know what the hell these characters are. Like they don't really introduce any of them too well. I don't think this this does not feel like it's written to be jumped into. It's too confusing for me. That is a split decision. Yeah. On the Adventures of Archer and Armstrong, number one. Our next book is Power Man and Iron Fist, number two. Written by David Walker, Art Sanford Green, co- colors by Lee Luffridge, letters and production by Clayton Cowles. We read the number one of this. We liked it a bunch. Uh, where are you feeling on this one, Eric? You still on board? I don't think it's as strong as number one, but it is, uh, it's good. It's fun. It's, it's, it's entertaining. It's, and it's, um, I don't know. Sanford's being a ham with it. I like it. The writing's good. It, this is a good, solid book and, while it's not as fabulous as number one, it continues to be probably the book you should be reading. You got Luke Cage in a smart car. He does have Luke Cage in a smart car. Yeah, he's he's enormous. His he's, car is not. He's a, a large man. Mm-hmm. No, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I I'm I enjoy everything they're doing with this. They're you know they're it's not taking itself very seriously. No. And I I like I'm. You know, it it is a a, a buddy comedy book. Mm-hmm. It is it is uh, with two characters I really like. It looks really nice. I, I really it, the they chose a really good artist for the tone of this book. Mm-hmm. Sam Green Sanford Green's art really suits how this book, how the story is told, and the the tone of of yeah. these two these two guys. Uh, He's got the cartooning silliness, but you know, he definitely has the drawing chops to take it down and make it serious when he needs to he can do excellent action scenes really caricature and make you understand these characters very well this is i don't know this is probably the closest we're ever going to get to a power man and iron fist animated show probably and i i regret that i kind of want to see that with sanford doing art direction for it but Sanford's just one of those people that I just root for his comic book career all, you know, all day, every day. It, it is also like, like Spider-Woman, like the, the, uh, the, the ended spirit foes of Spider-Man, mm-hmm. lots of C-list villains and, and people that you don't see very often. Black Tarantula and Gorilla Man, whatever that is. 
Yeah, Gorilla Man. What? I don't know. But I'm a buy. I'm a buy. Yeah, this is this is an enthusiastic buy. Double buy. Power Man and Iron Fist. Number two. Power Man, Power Fist and Iron Man. Number two. I believe this was it the nun calls that. <laughs> Power Fist and Iron Man. Yeah. Our uh, final book of the week is International Iron Man. Number one. Uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis, Art Alex Maleev, Paul Mounts on colors, Clayton Cowles again on letters and production. Um, this is a, a second Iron Man book written by Bendis. Mm. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I like this. Really? Yeah, I don't think I do. I am. I'm really surprised by that. Tell me. Tell me what you don't like about it and why. I. I, I just. It. It is. I'm guessing by the title and by how it seems the story is going that it's going to be like a Tony Stark, but kind of like espionage stuff, you know, dealing mm-hmm. with Hydra and, 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 you know, all those big evil things plus shield plus this, obviously they're building the, his interpersonal relationship with this one woman in this issue in particular. I don't know. I just. Maybe I don't like Tony Stark that much without him having his suit, like without him being an Iron Man. And maybe there's going to be more of that in later issues. But to me, I I have always I don't know. He's a, he's an interesting and tragic figure, you know, that he's this incredibly brilliant engineer, and to see that as a young man and what happens to him, like I don't know. This is framed really well. You know, Bendis, his writings give me the feels. I I don't know. I I enjoyed this. I'm definitely willing to see more. I uh I don't know. I think it's weird that um I don't know. It, it also feels kind of aimless to me. I and I I want I don't know why I'm reading this other than hey, we'll get character stuff from Bendis about Tony Stark. That is not enough for me. I I don't know. That um to me this sets a pretty good hook that we see this bit of backstory, and then you flash forward, and this woman's missing an eye, and she's just tried to kill him. That's a pretty good hook to me. That's compelling. When I see this backstory and this relationship, and like this, like interesting, like sort of meat cute that they have. I don't know. This is a tight, well crafted story to me. I am. I'm interested. I. I. I really don't see what the rub is. I really liked like the the weird asshole characters that her family was. And I was really shocked by the scene where they go outside and the shooting starts. And the, I don't know, the hook works really well. I, I am, I'm completely on board here and I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that you don't like it. I just don't care. I mean, that's a perfectly cromulent way to be. I'm a, I'm, I, I'll say this. I'm a do not buy. We will probably be reading at least a couple more issues of this to see where it goes. But I'm a do not buy on this one. I'm a I'm a solid buy. No mush. Good book. I enjoy this full on. Split decision once again for international enough. Not again for this comic, but for this in the pot this episode. <laughs> international Iron Man number one. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up, buddy. <laughs> I am in the the epitome of clarity. Mm. The epitome. Mm-hmm. The epitome. Uh, that I don't want to. I don't want to be that person to correct your pronunciation. Do you read anything else this week, Eric? Oh, good lord, no. 
Good lord, no. Neither did I. Good lord, no. Been a very hectic week for you yeah, and me. Yes, it has for for all involved. But, but with that, what do you call it? Uh, call it. Um, it's a day. A day for us. The segment. Mm. I don't know. And we're going to end this segment. Move on to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part show where Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to during the week, what we've done, what we've seen, what we've read, what we've played, what we've watched. You 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 want to you want me to start us off, Eric, and we can end with the the uh, art show review. We can. Okay. Uh, uh, I have a uh, just a couple small things to discuss. I really don't have that much. I I can't talk about Stardew Valley more than I I mean that has been taking up substantial, still a substantial amount of my time. Uh, putting turnips in a bin. Um, handing salads to women. Well, I'm I'm married. I don't need to do that anymore. That's you still. That's how you make friends. Give well, people salads. I, actually, I finished a community center, so I got friendship with every single person in town instantaneously. Well, aren't you just just amazing? But some comic news I wanted to at least bring up because I mm-hmm. feel like it's like DC's doing a pretty good job locking up some some exclusive, more exclusive people. They got Tom King uh, pretty recently. Now they have they've uh, announced another kind of wave of exclusive contracts they signed with some people. And the two I, in particular that I noted was uh, Steve Orlando, the writer of Midnighter, with the book we're discussing in a bit, and yep. uh, Doc Shaner, who. Uh, great artist who we uh, have everything he draws looks really nice and I'm I hope that this means he's going to get an ongoing book of his own so that something that no, he's he's going to do half of every other issue and they're going to have 12 other guys that look like Rob Liefeld do the rest of it well, he, ha- he is working on I know he's working on one of their um, Hanna-Barbera t- the the Johnny Quest book that DC is publishing uh, and him drawing it will make me buy a Johnny Quest book. I, I don't, I, I mean, I like Johnny Quest, but I don't know if I necessarily would be reading a Johnny Quest comic book. But if it's Doc Shaner drawing it, I will probably read it. Um, but that, those two, another strong, con, another strong couple of creators that DC has locked up. I'm, I don't know if that means they're just for their superhero work. They're like, if they can't just, they can only do DC and then they are free to do third, you know, uh, create their own stuff or if that's, they work for verdict. Like, I don't know. I don't know how all that stuff works, but it gives me hope that the DC post rebirth won't be a big garbage fire. Yeah. Let's, uh, let us hope. I wish if they can, if they can ever start treating artists less like cattle. Yeah. That'd be give, nice. Give someone a book and let them finish it. Yeah, the, that I mean, it's, it's just a really, it's just, it's just very disrespectful. And it seems like other comic book companies, they're like, we're in the comic book industry. We are here to make comics. We love comics. And DC is like, we're here. Our writers are putting out a lot of content. We're just going to get them illustrated somehow and print them because that's how we make money. They're like, a, it's like a more like a factory. Exactly. Not. N- not that does not endear no. uh me no no it makes me sick it yes that is if there's one thing i could po- point at that dc is like i like a lot of their titles now but when they have to constantly are sh- shifting artists on them because they need to be out once a month exactly on that dotted on that day it makes the book suffer I, we're, yeah we might be talking a bit about that 
uh, on Midnighter. I, I, Possibly. I, I have feelings about it at least. Uh, the other thing I'd want to touch on is, uh, is professional wrestling related. Uh oh. It is uh, a program that I'm sure if anyone who's listening who's into wrestling probably is aware of it at least it is uh, Lucha Underground. It is a, a wrestling program that was made for the El Rey Network, uh, which I don't know how many people actually have that network. It's uh, Robert Rodriguez's network, television network. Um, Lucha Underground treats res- treats its wrestling show like it's a television show. It is an hour long. Uh, you get like stories advanced. There is, you know, a, a, a beginning, middle, end with it over. Like they don't treat it like it's like WWE does for the most part. Like Raw is. Uh, Raw suffers because it's three hours long. Lucha Underground is hour long episodes. Uh, they have like three wrestling matches. Each one advances a story. There's overarching stories going on. Uh, it is a lot like a kind of like a Mexican soap opera mm-hmm. in certain ways. Like it is, uh, you know, it is kind of embedded in uh, Lucha culture in a lot of ways. So there's a lot of Spanish speakers. So they just speak Spanish and they have subtitles. There's sets. There, there's plot. Like it's not like the, everything happens in the ring. There's like, People are having like nefarious talks in offices and in locker rooms and stuff like that. It treats like everything surrounding it is a drama, not just the what is happening in the ring. Uh, it I've just started the first season. They're currently airing the second season. Uh, I really really like it. It and it is not afraid to be crazy. Like they like I I haven't seen it yet, but I know that they have killed characters. Like, you would kill a character in a TV show. They're dead. They don't exist anymore. There's, hmm. I know that there's, like, a whole bunch of supernatural stuff happening. There's, like, people who are, like, undead and, like, and way more than they ever did with The Undertaker and stuff like that in WWE. This is, like, like, it, they fight for Aztec gold. Like, it, it's very much embedded, like, with ghosts and demons and all kinds of crazy stuff. And it, they are not afraid. Just, hey, what, this is a, this is drama. You know, we don't have to be realistic. Who cares? And it's really, the wrestling is great. Like, the matches are really entertaining. Uh, really great wrestling show. It's on it, iTunes now. It looks awesome. Yeah. Just, I'm just throwing my hat in there for that. I'm thoroughly impressed. It, it, it's on iTunes now. Apparently it's on, that's right. I, I bought the first season on iTunes. Okay. Um, but it, there's rumors that it's going to be the first season going to be on Netflix at some point. Who knows? Uh, but uh, the second season as it is released is also on iTunes or you can watch it on the El Rey Network if you have it. Uh, I could not find, I, it's not a widely available network, I don't think. I just found, um, this might be episode one available just, just on daily motion. It's probably going to be taken down eventually. I, there are, yes, obviously there are, there are many pirated and, and uh, copy paste. Like, yeah, but I, I think the, I, I, People have, I, I mean, I'm on the wrestling subreddit all the time. People post links to, you know, streams of it, but they disappear after a while because obviously people send them the, the cease and desist or whatever. Of course. Yes. But it's a As you do. great wrestling show. It's, I don't, I, it cannot be overstated how good, just like, hey, it is an hour and then it is over it, and it is concise and that. Maybe, uh, I don't know. I, we don't need to talk about wrestling <laughs> in, in the broader scope. But Lucha Underground is a great show. I also was at a certain someone's art show last night. I know. I'm almost anxious to talk about it. It's the culmination of a year of work, honestly. Mm-hmm. With 
like a crazy mad dash to the finish there at the end. Would you like me to? Would do you think I should recap the insane story? I, I, you, you've not told it to me. I only heard it secondhand from your brother. So you should, I, you should definitely. It's, it's, it's uh, harrowing, a little exciting. So I've, I've been, I, I lost some time earlier this year, but round early February, I started really cranking out these illustrations and getting them to this printer. Um, This story might, I mean, I'm, I will probably work with him again. But the story may paint him in a bad light, so I will not mention his name. Um, but I am still mostly positive on him, and um, I don't know. But I'm getting him this artwork uh, as soon as I can because I want—I do not want him to have to rush it close to my deadline of the show. I wanted to have these things in my hands. Well, stuff just didn't get done. I got, like, one print sent to me pretty quickly, and then two proofs and then nothing for weeks and i kept finishing art and kept sending it to him he had like just this comedy of errors happen to him over and over again like he had he said he had like 103 fever and then he couldn't hardly work he still went into work he said he still printed stuff he's uh he also slammed his hand in a car door he also sliced his hand up at one point um but basically this turned into like a crazy mad dash. Like I, I, I kept asking him, you know, is this going to get done? Is everything fine? Here's more art. Is this going to be okay? And he kept assuring me over and over again, you know, I had to stake my reputation on it. I'm, I'm going to get them to you. And he's like, uh, ultimately, I'm like, okay, this is my absolute in-hands date. They have to be in my hands. If we have to overnight ship them, we're going to do that. And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm going to get them done in time on ground. Did not happen. This was like down to the wire. This guy prints like eight prints in on a Thursday, ships them overnight. I get them. They, they, they fly, they're flying into Tampa all day, all day Friday. Saturday's the day of the exhibition that we just spoke about. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're flying in on the Friday before. It takes all day. They're guaranteed by, to be delivered by 8 p.m. The plane lands at 6.15. I go to the pickup station and they say they haven't got the things off the plane yet. That the plane was, the, the delivery was delayed and then there was a problem with the gate or whatever on the plane. Like the equipment was malfunctioning or something. And they told me at the customer care station, it'll be fine. You'll get your package on Monday. So this is basically my entire show that I've worked on for a year that has been delivered to me, and they're holding it hostage. I start to completely freak out. I march right out of there, start calling FedEx like a crazy person, and I'm trying to remain civil because, I mean, it never helps anyone to chew out the person on the phone. Let me, uh, that's a that's a, a word to the wise there. Always be kind to the person on the phone because they receive people's abuse all day long. And I just begged them, you've got to help me. I've got to get that off a plane. And she put me in touch with the manager of the airport FedEx depot who said, they're going to unload this plane. It's going to take about two hours. We're not supposed to give it to you, but if you come pick it up, you can have it. And that's what happened. So I drive to the airport, go to this depot. 
It's not even like a routing station or anything. It's just where the pl- it's just by the airport where the planes land, where they get the uh, the uh, the airs for Tampa. And I get this. I go straight to the cafe where drink and draw is being held. I frame almost all of my show, hang it up on the wall, go home, and then the next day, the last two pieces were delivered by noon for Saturday delivery, and that was the that was the day of the show. I hung the last two pieces at about 1 o'clock, six hours before the show. <laughs> show went well. Yeah, somehow. What was what were your impressions of it? I don't know. It was, it was, a, it was a good time. Like, your art is, I mean, it's easy for me to say that because I wasn't having to worry about anything. I was just, well, like, yeah, hanging out. No one, no one else has to know about any of that stuff. Uh, it, but, you know, it looked really nice. I, your, the prints came out really great. I, I, I grabbed one for myself. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it, the turnout was pretty good. It, it, it was a good there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, a lot of people I, I haven't seen in a while. We got to say hello and, uh, got, you know, the, the Yousef's band played and they did a good job and it was cool seeing them and, uh, you know, it was a good time. Maves Arcade. Yep. Yusuf Hummus Danik. Some rock and or roll music. Yeah. The creator of our theme song. Yep. Poser. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so what's but, next, Eric? So getting ready for this another one next year, right? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Got to, got to, got to get back up on that horse. You know, that's what I was talking to uh, Pete about today at the gym. That um, I think I got to find something else to move on to, or I'll just end up being depressed. That's a a real problem after you complete a major uh, project. Is you don't have that, I don't know if it's serotonin or it's whatever chemical that your brain creates to, you know. It's the reason that people play Warcraft, you know. They like watching the reward center of your brain. They like watching the bars go up. The, the numbers just keep getting higher. Exactly. Those little micro rewards like uh, Facebook notifications and the little green bars in Warcraft, that hi- that hijacks it. But completing a big project means that there's no little rewards left so people get really depressed so i'm i I don't know i have to find something else to occupy my time with or i'll uh just sit around and feel sad okay eric i'm gonna pitch for you all right got a pitch predator podcast you and me we watch predator once a week for an entire year (laughs) and talk about it I'm, I'm not almost, here. I'm, I'm not here. Insane to, enough to do that. I'm not here to know. That's a that's a that's a no with a four on the mush meter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a soft. It's a soft no. Close it's a to it. S- soft no. So like a backup, maybe like hey, like three months from now, I'm in Canada. And need to. You still haven't come up with a new idea. Predator podcast right there waiting for you. Right there. Right there on the table. Well, you know what we'll call it? What will we call it? I mean, get to the chopper is like a really obvious. Yes, it is, but. It maybe I should, it probably, I mean, I think that's, but the obvious is often the best answer. I think that you have to name these things, at least for little guys, you have to name it like for SEO. Yes, true. That's there's a there's a reason. Well, the it, it, Simpsons show podcast is uh, has a lot more listeners than than uh, than Handsome Boys. 
uh, well, not that it isn't an excellent show. Uh, don't I? No, I, I mean I don't. For, for I you, don't, for you, Simpsons podcast we, lovers we, out there, we were not. Am, we are not. The I first, am a listener, and I am a huge fan. We were not of, the uh, first Robbie's other podcast. We were not the first comic book podcast. And what's that? We were no, not. There's, the, there's plenty. And the that Simpsons was like. The there's a no. There's second, a lot of reasons. Second, but uh. But you, we you, call if you it, type in Simpsons podcast, uh, you're right there. You get, no, what we gotta do is, we, you call it Get to the Chopper, colon, mm-hmm. a Predator podcast. Yeah, that would work better. People do that too. A lot of people yes. do that. You look at the TV and film top mm-hmm. 100, a lot of them, like, they'll have like a, a funny, clever name, but then they'll have like, subtitle, subtitle, for SEO. This yes. is exactly what this thing is. But of course. Maybe, okay, maybe not a Predator podcast, but it's there. I'll, I'm more likely to do 13 more screen printed posters than, uh, <laughs> the Predator podcast. I mean, I mean, maybe I'll make you one about the Predator. Who knows? Ooh. I actually kind of would like to do like a Jack Kirby black light poster of the Predator. Ooh. How fucking sweet would that be? I, I, I will like to I can tell you getting your wallet out already. I can, pre-o- can I pre order that, that, that poster? <laughs> Am I hanging above my bed? Yeah, stare up at it at night cuddle you what you you know what else you need is do you remember those uh wrestling buddies mm-hmm. you need one of those that's the predator okay you also i, I can i can hear you you got your wallet out again I, I need i need well i need one that's dutch and one that's the predator excellent so that could be my which buddies. was which was dutch jesse ventura no uh, arnold was dutch arnold was dutch He's okay. the, I, I, I him and carl weathers characters the only ones i think i can actually remember the names of okay i remember the i know the actors names for pretty much everybody yeah well, they're people, and, and everyone else died. And Actually, they, Carl Weathers died, too, didn't he? What, in the movie? Yeah. Yeah, they all died, except for Arnold and the, 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 the woman. The, the lady. Yeah. Anna. Smurfette. Stockholm Syndrome herself. Mm-hmm. He was a guerrilla terrorist until suddenly they're fighting an alien, and then, oh, I'm your friend now. I that It's just like Watchmen. Just like Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Just as brilliant. I, Little known fact, Alan Moore, sexual tyrannosaurus. I'm a sexual tyrannosaurus. I was very convincing. But I'm terrible. You're, you're way better at that more than me. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've semi-retired my Alan Moore voice. That's a shame. Uh, it'll, we'll come back to it. Your art show was great. Thank you. You should, I am, you should be proud. Feeling, I, I am show. at the phase where I'm feeling really self-conscious about it. The adrenaline has subsided. And it's it's all... It's all feelings of crippling self-doubt now. Making art is always good. It is. Did you see the kerfluffle on Twitter around Kevin Wada? I I saw that something was happening, but I did not have the energy to go back and like dig into what actually... Well, it was a lot of different things, and it was really kind of bad timing on Kevin Wada's part. I mean, according to the people that were criticizing him. I'll really briefly talk about this and I'll just talk about what I what I dug out of it. Kevin Wada had talked about just did a little mini Twitter rant about how he it, it's basically the moral of the story ratatouille, you know, that he's like, yeah, if you're making anything and putting it out there, you're my hero. It's really hard to do. It takes a lot of bravery. Being a critic is not as brave or important even though I do see it as brave and important. And everyone kind of jumped down his throat because apparently someone had been harassing some. Well, they they were just talking about women critics being harassed and 
other people talked about how important criticism is, but you cannot make the argument that criticism is more important than the people making the fucking shit because it is genuinely nerve-wracking to make something and wait around to see if people think it's good or not. I agree. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do it. I do it. It's, I don't know. It's it's uh, a little a bit spooky. But anyway, yeah, there was an interesting article that's been passed around on uh, comics and cola about how to criticize things without being a huge dick that apparently everyone loves. I did not read it. Well, she had she was that I think now now they mentioned that it, that makes sense that there was because mm-hmm. she had she was the, uh, the the woman who founded comics and cola was mm-hmm. quitting because of just harassment for years basically yeah so that i think that that's probably the pieces of it i mean this is news that i have not seen any synopsis of what happened this was just happened to get onto twitter at a moment and saw references to it as it was happening and after it happened it's it's the things that you learn from stalking all these comics people uh you ready to talk about some midnight eric yeah why not why not indeed? It is time for our final segment. It is time for Nerdboy Book Club. Nerdboy Book Club is the part of the show when Eric and I will assign a longer collected work and discuss it like you would a book club. This week we are doing a Midnighter, Volume 1, Issues 1 through 7. Uh, Out is the name of the, the arc, or at least the trade is what it's called. Um, Written by Steve Orlando, art by... Let's see, ACO, Stephen Mooney, Alec Morgan. There might be someone else I'm forgetting that does not include the colorists and inkers who I think were changing from issue to issue. I'm not positive on that. Um, you had read how much of you this year had you had you read before the first two? I can't remember. Um, I do remember getting to a point and being like, "Yeah, I hadn't read this." It was either two or three that we read that I read through. Okay. Um. It might, I might not have gotten as far as three, and I might have finished three. But I think that we both agreed that it was a really like high energy and exciting book. We were really happy it existed. I kind of felt like it didn't, it kind of didn't go far enough um, at that early stage. Like I wanted it to be, well, the violence really kind of upset me because it is insanely violent very it's a very violent book it is it is like i am not easily disturbed but like just violence combined with this kind of meanness i think is what like sort of frightens me like it 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 worries me and he is he is a sadistic character and i think like it's so interesting it's an interesting counterpoint to that like gentle gay guy sort of trope like I'm, I'm glad that a character, even though it really disturbs me, it really pushes boundaries. You know, it pushes like, it it pushes me out of my comfort zone. I don't know. I, if I was gonna write a a, a midnighter fan fiction, I would not make it as violent as this. <laughs> but I, uh, Steve Orlando, I gotta. I mean, my hats off to him. This book is all kinds of good. Yeah, it's, I, I feel like he really gets, like, it's a, it's not necessarily, uh, the same Midnighter that you see in Ellis's Authority, mm-hmm. but it is a good, it's an extension of that Midnighter, I think. It's, it's not, 
he Orlando adds to the character but does not detract from yeah. the character. Um I he is sadistic mm-hmm. and and mean. Like that yes. and that is I don't know. He, would you call him an anti-hero? He borderlines on it. Um No. No. I mean he well, maybe. I mean, if your definition of anti-hero is if you would say the Punisher, he's very Punisher. He's Punisher plus Batman. He's not I I I don't I think he's he's in between those two. That's how mm-hmm. I would that's how I yeah. would think because he's yes, not he's, he's he's not as irredeemable as Frank Castle is. Uh he's, yeah. he's not shooting up drug he's not killing drug dealers. You know, he's he is killing people occasionally. They generally are people in this world, like in his in this weird superhero slash like it's a weird thing because Midnighter in 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 Stormwatch, all those authority characters in general were all completely separate universe, and then mm-hmm. DC kind of merged them in, and now they share a space with the characters in a lot of ways they were parroting, like Batman, and having them operate with kind of in their world in DC mm-hmm. is a little. St- like you know, there's no Superman. There, like, where's you don't you see Dick Grayson, which I really, I yeah. really enjoy. I like, I like him with with Dick Grayson. Yeah, it's a really interesting dynamic there. Um, I don't know. He he, but that mean, I that meanness sets him apart. But I don't ever, I never felt like he went. I guess I don't know. Did you ever think he went too far? Like you were like, oh, that's I can't, I can't condone. What Midnighter went too far? Did you ever like? Did you ever feel that way? Well, I mean, he he just straight up murders all these people. It really does kind of feel like it. It, it makes me wonder, like, how does he keep getting away with this? This is just like an insane vigilante, just wholesale slaughtering people with his bare hands just because he can. It all feels like it's too far, and then he just goes off and has Thanksgiving dinner. After killing a, a a a room full of multiple mans or whatever was happening, multiplex. Yeah. Do you do you understand? You understand what his little his what his gimmick is anyway. Yes, he is a he, he's he's lots of lots of the same guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is just it's just so grotesque and brutal to just have him thrown into that situation where he's like, "Yep, gonna kill a billion dudes." And it's, I mean, it's awesome. He's like, it's, it's, he's like John McClane. He's, he's diehard guy. You know, it's kind of awesome. I, I, I really like his character. I just do think that. You like, you, you like his character, but do you like him? You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, I feel like I would definitely try and be his friend. I would not want to be on his bad side because he is fucking psychotic. <laughs> but I, I know they they show some vulnerability. They show a lot of character. He is likable despite himself. I mean, the whole story with him breaking up with Apollo, like I really like that. You know, it's really sad and really painful that he just sort of feels lost. And just sort of has to walk away because he doesn't have a clue who he is. It's a really beautiful character moment. Yeah, the, that was. Go, go ahead. No, I was going to say that I that I think the thing that's the one 
the thing that stands out the most to me in this entire arc is him uh leaving Apollo and it, you know he's like you know me I already know how this fight ends. Yep. And that that that's like and that's the it's like a really strange dichotomy in this book where you have hyper violent like uh kinetic action with him chopping people's heads off with his bare mm-hmm. hands and then you have like very slice of life him in like a club or playing pool with a, mm-hmm. the guy who owns a bar or you know uh, having you know uh, discussing like relationship issues with uh, his friends or 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 going on a date with um the what, what is uh what's his what's the guy's name at the end what's what is is his supervillain name oh i don't know i don't remember what he called it um who ends up betraying him, which I, that, the end of issue six really got me. Mm. Oh, I know. The fact that it was his, um, the big bad was his boyfriend. Yeah. That was, that was, that was a knife in the guts. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. Prometheus. That's, that's what he went by. Ah, uh, yes. Silver hair, silver hair guy. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his actual name. No, I, I, I do feel like, I feel like just sort of in, this era of comics, they could have stood to have made it gayer. <laughs> and I, that was my, that was my comment all those months ago. Is it really like, I think issue three came out in October of last year. It's what I remember seeing on the cover. Want to double check that. So this series is not that old. No, it's, it's, well, I mean, the, the, uh, the, what the issue 10 was the most recent. Mm-hmm. This is one through seven. So yeah, it's the the series itself is pretty new. I mean, this yeah. this trade just came out. Yes, it did. Um, yeah, issue three is October of 2015. There you go. So I definitely think that we could stand to see more. I, I just think it's a little timid about that, and that just could be DC editorial being really nervous about this because this feels like. This feels like the gay story for people that are a little offended by seeing dudes kiss on television. <laughs> you know, it's really quite tame. I mean, I, I, and I, it, I am only saying this because I don't know. I, I want to see more of an emotional core there. I want to see ca- character development there. I don't necessarily want this to be like a weird, erotic, like book. But I kind of don't want it to turn away from it. Like I think it, those first. Go ahead. I was going to say the first. The the it, it the first issue itself is actually the, probably the one that has the most. Yes. And the sexual, most homosexual sexual, content. Yeah, sexuality in it. But yeah, and they kind of it backs off from that point. I don't know. It's it's really it's really tame in it to me. It it doesn't feel quite as stiff as it did when we read it all that time ago. Like it somehow I feel a little bit uh, less. Um, put off by the reservation of it but it's still pretty reserved it feels pretty reserved to me like it doesn't feel like it i compared it to massive you know you remember that that book that you bought me Mm -hmm. well i don't know that book is pretty honest in its lust yeah and this just it doesn't it doesn't feel honest i don't know i I don't it's I, not. It's it's not terrible. No, I don't know. It it's 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 not that I'm I'm of two minds of it because one, it is a 
superhero comic published by DC that does mm-hmm. have men kissing. It has an openly gay character in it, and it's an all all the you know it's and it is and largely you know half of it half of it is him trying to deal with his superhero stuff, and the other half is dealing with his relationships and you know as an, an openly gay man. It's not. It's not. Equally Which, half. Why? Well, yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, they end up kind of merging. As, they do. As they they go. definitely yeah. do merge. Um, but I, you can't say where's Marvel's. Mm-hmm. Where where's a similar book for Marvel? There's definitely not one. I there no there isn't. Um, like it like this. It, I think you're right in that it would add more to the book. Yeah. Make it, make it better. Uh, just but. I am. I'm not upset. Like I'm glad at least that it is there. Like this is here. Yes. I'm. I'm. No, I am. It is. It is nothing short of a miracle that this book exists. I'm just. I. I guess the most of the world is trying to catch up. I don't know. I think a lot of there are a lot of us that are really sort of ready for all kinds of different stories to be told including ones like this, just because content creators generally tend to be, you know, pretty okay people with just about everyone. Um, but a lot of consumers are still maybe a little squiggly about it. And I don't, looking at the DC, I mean, it gives me hope that they signed, you know, they signed that uh, contract with the exclusive with Steve Orlando, because maybe yes. that means more Midnighter. They haven't announced it, or at least him doing something. Uh, I, I this book hasn't sold great. I think it's done uh, just it well enough to survive. Um, That's sort of why I think they should make it gayer. <laughs> it it needs to appeal more. I mean, you can't. T- I I I can't imagine if if women have started to flock to comic books. Why why wouldn't they support this book for one thing? Um, but like, why wouldn't gay dudes start? start picking this up i mean honestly you can't tell me there aren't gay nerds who will read a comic book i'm sure they would it's just people it's just it's just good art i mean damn let me check it february 16th to find midnight run yeah number nine sold ten thousand copies that's really not that bad for well in for book. well the the cutoff widely accepted cutoff that most people reference is like twenty thousand for a book to continue Mm. Um, but considering the DC's, you know, have basically doing another soft, whatever rebirth is going to be, uh, they're probably letting a lot of books just run through that, through, through, I mean, Dr. Fate's right next to it. And, and that 10,000 for like, and that's the thing with a super, a, a main two title, uh, their cutoff, our numbers are much higher than what an indie book could survive on. Mm. Um, because they can, they, an indie book could sell a couple, a few thousand copies, and they could go like, yeah, that's you know, it's pretty good. But um, uh, this this trade itself was forty fourth in trades, which isn't bad. No, it, it's like number the, it's uh, number one in gay and lesbian graphic novels on Amazon. One of one, right? Uh, I'm sure there's others, but let's see, one sixty one overall in DC, three fifteen overall in Supers. Amazon breaks things out in strange ways, but it's, I, I have, I have to guess that part of it, knowing how DC editorial often interferes with their books content, at least more overtly than Mar- Marvel ever has, at least in the near, the recent past, 
I have to say they probably put some sort of limit on things. That that is that is speculation, but I have to believe it, considering how mu- how much they love comics from the seventies that were all white, boring white guys. Mm-hmm. So, how do you feel about um, about uh, Iron Fist? Iron Fist about the casting. Oh, um, of of uh, I it it is a very tired. Oh yeah. Uh, stereotype of that you know the white savior thing mm-hmm. um it doesn't i did, it doesn't, I did it, not originally agree with the assessment that it should be an asian man but the more i thought about it i i even remembered reading uh what's his name kyle cairn uh andrews or whatever the writer slash artist carrie andrews you know, huh carrie andrews yeah but i think he uh, whatever i'll look him up later i don't um, i'm not i'm not sure if i'm we're talking about the same person he did uh he did that iron fist book Right, that's that's Carrie Andrews. I'm thinking of Iron Fist, the Living Weapon, and I'm trying to find. Yeah, Carrie Andrews did that book. Well, his name is on it as something else. It's like he's changed his uh, his changes professional. Yeah, it it's credited as Care Kyle Andrews. That's okay. I'm just telling you that 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 was my introduction to him, and he's changed his publishing name. To just care, Andrews. Okay. What? Well, what did he say? He didn't say anything. Oh, okay. I was just saying that this was my introduction. One of my first introductions to the character. I read this, and all I could think of is, why is this a white dude? This would make so much more sense, even though it would still be dumb and kind of tropey. But it would certainly feel better if it was like an Asian guy. I I remember thinking that, and I was actually kind of against the idea of casting an Asian guy. In it as well. I, 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 I'm not, I, I, now, it, I was just going to say I've reversed my position. I'm, I would be all for it. Okay. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I, I think that would probably be a, it'd be a smart move by Marvel, but they're, they're safe. They do mm-hmm. it, and especially because it's a television thing. Like most people are not thinking twice about it. Oh, yeah. I, I know it's a, a, a lot of vocal people on Twitter who I agree with. I think an Asian actor playing that role would be fine. Probably preferable mm-hmm. at this point. It probably kind of make that trope a little less tired, but yes, most people they they don't want people reading Iron Fist comic books, seeing a white guy, yes, then going to watch a TV show and there's an Asian dude. They're not, yeah. They and and I yes, I understand that that is dumb. <laughs> that it 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 doesn't dumb, but it it would certainly mess people up. They want to sell both. Yes, exactly. And one supports the other. Yeah, and look at the mess it happened when they made Nick Fury a black guy in the movies. Mm-hmm. And now he's a he's a black guy in the comics, but was not a smooth transition. Uh, still pretty janky. Yeah, it's still not great. Um, and they that's, that's I think that's the end, long and short of it. They just are they want to make it the the majority of people don't care. And so no, they don't. They're not. not they're not going to care. What what brought that up? Just the, just the. Uh... You know, honestly, I can't remember. Okay. I think it, it was just sort of the Minorities, the talk of uh, in, the in progressive com- nature of a lot of this sort of era of uh, comic books and uh, creators. I think that's all it was. Okay. It is kind of out of left field, isn't it? Um. What do you think about the art in this? The the fact that it shifts between they never they never get a bad artist, and at least they have a guy doing a whole book. True. 
it's it could certainly be way worse. It doesn't it do, so it doesn't turn my stomach, but it would be much better if it was just ACO or ACO, however you want to. I don't even know if he was just the guy the whole time. It was one one world, one vision. Don't know. Just gonna start quoting Queen lyrics. They, fried chicken. Romula Fajardo Jr. is the colorist. He 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 does color the majority of everything yeah. in this. Um, I yeah, I wish it was just one artist. It, like you said, there it's not none of it's bad. You know, it, it's all and they do not shift in the in each issue, which I really dislike most of the time. Yeah, that but, makes me want to puke. Uh, it's still like when you're collecting this for the the future. Yeah. It's going to be weird when you go issue issue and it's a different artist and the style looks different. And it'd be like watching a movie and then, you know, 20 minutes in, there's a different cinematographer. And the tone is completely different. And I like these artists. I just, it, mm-hmm. it like, it is a kind of a disrespect. Like you mentioned earlier, yeah. it's, it, this is a collaborative process. It is a writer and a, an artist working together. And when you have, well, it is it is an illustrative medium. Correct. You you cannot have comics without illustration, and to treat them like cattle, and to treat this like a prod. I mean, it's 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 a it's a bad 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 decision. I mean, obviously, you have to do what you have to do. You can't have, you obviously can't have the meta barons happening (laughs) for ten years. You, you do have to just pack it and ship it at some point. You have to make tough calls. But the fact that that's just the de facto position is just senseless. And people get, they like, a, they'll, if you, a person likes a team, like Garrett and, Garrett, Killing Garrett and, and, and McKelvey, Jamie McKelvey, whenever they do something together, there's a, a select amount of people that will buy it regardless. If you, and, and when you, like, or when Warren Ellis, was working with Declan Shalvey on Moon Knight, and they did that that first arc, and it was all them. It inspires loyalty to a book because people yeah. they go, "Oh, I like I like these people working together. They're doing a good job. I'm going to keep buying this book." When you just keep shifting the teams around or shifting the artists around because you want to get it out, you know, day and date, four weeks every time, it it's not it doesn't inspire the consumer to continue to buy it and they complain no. about sales going down let an artist have give him a couple more weeks and let him do every issue and the dc can only continue to take the bricks out of the bottom of their jenga tower for so long and to watch their sales decline and really wonder why you know get that new blood in there treat your artists like they're creators cuz they are they are your product I don't know. Be respectful. Love comics. That's how you make good comics. Yeah, you do have to do some weeding out, but I don't know. Marvel does a pretty good job. Image, possibly even better. Well, Image is like it's all about hey, creators first. Yeah, absolutely. And despite I'm, I mean, I don't like every book that comes out of Image, but I can trust a book coming from Image. I know that it is exactly what the creator wanted it to be. They, it, it for good or ill. But at least I know that there was no going like, oh, well, we need this book out faster, so we get a different artist on there. Mm-hmm. It's grotesque. Yeah. And it, it, it does this book a disservice because I think this book is spectacular. And I, if it, if it was just one guy, either of these artists, I like, I like 
all the oh, artists yeah. that work on this book, I just it gives everyone, it a, in, yeah, everyone involved. I mean, they picked people that were talented. It's just, I don't know. It's and it like it just gives it narr- narrative uh, cohesiveness and consistency mm-hmm. that you're not going to get with different artists doing other every other issue. Uh, and it's 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 frustrating. And I fair, I'm fairly, I think it hurts the hurts the sales of a book. I think some people don't buy books that do this, that that switch up artists a lot. And when it's a book, especially with a, a, a character that is you're trying to establish, you know, having a consistent look to it contributes to establishing that character. Uh, and I don't know. It, it's setting them. It all in all many cases, it's setting up books for failure. Yeah. And I like you said about DC and their Jenga block. What is Rebirth going to be? Uh, like what is like this book was. A Midnighter was one of the DCU books, you know, with with, with DC trying to, like, apparently, you know, focus on a, a wider audience. And because the books didn't go crazy gangbusters right out the gate, every single one, apparently, we are just, hey, let's go back to, like, house-style DC and re- having Green Lantern be a book, like, just have, like, relaunch with those same, the Justice League guys... With the teams that, you know, blah, 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 that everyone looks like Jim Lee. I don't know. I like this book a lot, and it kind of bothers me that it's it might not be around much longer. It really does feel like DC doesn't care about it, people that aren't Jim Lee. Or Dan DiDio is honestly the... Yes, that this is probably who I, who I mean when I say these things. Well, I mean, Jim Lee is part of the leadership. He is, I forget his actual title, but he's... Mm-hmm. You know, number two or number three in command. Yeah. In in the creative in DC and creative stuff. So. Oh yeah. He's. I mean, but I don't know it. This book's really good. It's no, it's thoroughly excellent. I I I like that they've turned the, uh, Midnighter's way more interesting than Batman to me at this point. Yeah, this book is thoroughly interesting. And that's a weird thing that Midnighter's born as like a gay. Here is it's literally like gay Batman. Like, hey, what's we're going to be funny. And then he has grown into a character that I find way more interesting than Bruce Wayne at this point. Yes, absolutely. You got anything else you want to talk about there? I don't even know. I think we covered everything. Everything I had I wanted to discuss, at least. Yeah. Okay, folks. For next week, next week in Nerbo Book Club, we are reading Sex Criminals, Volumes 1 and 2, written by Matt Fraction, Art Chip, Sadarsky, uh, much beloved indie darling. Uh, it's on sale right now. Comixology. Pick it up for like $8 and get both of it. Both both trades. I think you can actually get the first trade on Amazon for like $5 or something ludicrous like that. Um, but yeah, read it. I, I, I'm interested to see where this discussion goes, <laughs> knowing mm. your brief thoughts on what you've read of it. Uh, but yeah, that'll be next week. Sex Criminals. Uh, let's see. Before we go, we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Everything there. Uh, links to our Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. Twitter at hbcour. Emails handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. If you like the show, if you enjoy listening to us talk about comics, give us a five-star review, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. It actually significantly helps uh, both people seeing us on iTunes uh, and in raising our visibility. And we really appreciate any help you can do in that regard. You can find me on Twitter at mix master serial M I X M A S T E R C E R E A L. Eric, where can they find you online? Well, you can 
You can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com and see the other things I get up to by going to ericzgoodnight.com, including my Instagram, where I'm easygoodnight, and my Twitter, where I'm at Mr. Bad Example. Etsy store coming for those uh, <laughs> those screen prints, BT dubs. Oh, cool. I think with that, we can call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll. Thank you.